All right, everyone, listen up. We've done flip cards. We've done double face cards. We've done mobile double face cards. Where where do we go next? <laughs> All right, man, listen up. Here's what we do. Five-sided cards. You know what? Man's a genius. Let's set it to print. Crew Three Podcast. I'm Rose Ruckman. With me, as always, is my co-host Chris. What are you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm feeling real good right now. Yeah, we got that <laughs> woo going right now, huh? No, actually, I don't. Today was a very, very uh, a long day of unloading uh, a truck full of very, very nice luxury products that I usually sell in the sun uh, because we had a, a new logistics driver who didn't know what he was doing. So I had a I had a long and uh, tiring day. So uh, you know, but hey, we're here. Here with my uh, my BFF talking about some magic cards doesn't That's get right. much better yeah. than that. Yeah, I, I I feel you on the being tired. Uh, I was up until three a.m. Yep. with server migrations, just watching progress bars go. Now is that like a uh, servo token or? Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's how we move servo tokens from one host to another virtual host. That's so cool. I don't understand any yeah. of that, but it sounds really cool. That's right. It was great because. Uh, and I had to be up for all of it because I needed to run some checks after the fact. So, yeah, I was up till 3 in the morning watching progress bars. So that was great. Uh, Ricky couldn't be here this night, this uh, this week just because uh, usually we, we flipped to recording on Mondays. We're recording on Tuesday this week. Uh, honestly, I'm going to be real. Um, part of the reason I was on Tuesday was I was like, oh, man, we finally figured out how to beat Mono Green. Let's see Wizards ban it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens. But you know what? They didn't. They're making worse decisions, so but we're not going to really get into that. Uh, anyway, it's always next week. Always next week. Uh, so yeah, so we and Chris this week are going to talk about that shifting pioneer betting of a big shakeup. Really, uh, once again, going to show that once players put their thinking caps on, they can do anything. Uh, before we dive into that, though, I mean, obviously, the front of the show, we're joking about alchemy. Uh, you know, Chris, I want your opinion. Uh, I honestly, I, I think this kind of jokingly saved magic more than anything but i just once again love the wizards pr uh way of phrasing things like i don't know if you know you saw the announcement that they're restructuring price support for vintage and standard leagues on midgo yes Mm -hmm. because they're being heavily botted right i just love that the 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 reason is in order to curb poor behavior so we're not just going to call it out what it is we're just going to call it poor behavior well wizards I can think of a lot worse things. Yeah, somebody needs to curb Wizards' poor behavior, all right? We need to get together and restructure Wizards' like, you know, quarterly call or something like that by buying, you know, less product or something like that because uh, it's it's been insane. And it's been funny. Like, they've been fine. The products coming out have been cool. But it was funny to see Saffron Olive tweet today like, hey, how come no Pioneer Masters and instead Alchemy? Like, Explorer is really popular and Alchemy really sucks. And it's like, wow. If only somebody had been saying this the entire time, you know? Yeah, Saffron Olive, I want to, I want to, I want to thank you for joining the team here on Wow Wizards. Why are you so dumb? Yeah, team? We're, we we welcome you. But where you been at, man? It's been like th- two years of this already. Like, yep. welcome welcome to the show. But you should have caught on by now. I, it's like I said on Twitter. I mean, the thing is, Wizards as a business, as a corporation, will do the thing that makes them the most money in the shortest amount of time. Yep, that's just 
how businesses have to work and operate, especially as a publicly traded business, mm-hmm. they have to do the things that make them the most money. Right. That is their agreement with their stakeholders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, those things do not generally align with what is good for the game. And I think just as time goes on, people are becoming more and more aware of what leads to a good game, especially some of the poor decisions have made the game very poor. So, uh, yeah, at some point, I think you need to realize that the best decisions are what's good for the game, not your short-term bottom line. Yeah, I, I will preach this until this podcast ends someday in a, in a flaming ball of, I don't know, a flaming ball of Halo, right? Yeah. They bragged about how profitable their remastered sets were, such that they rushed one out three months after another, delaying Pioneer Masters going, wow, look at all of the money that we're making on these digital remastered sets, right? They gave that up in favor of Alchemy. And then Alchemy, in the case where sometimes we get criticized because people are like, well, what do you want them to do? They're a company. Well, in the case of Alchemy, that was a colossal failure. It, it is, was, always will be a colossal failure. You're not Hearthstone. Quit trying to be. Uh, Explorer is doing really well. All the metrics say so. Um, you know it. I know it. Everybody knows it, right? So it's just one of those deals where they're not doing, they're just making dumb decisions a, a good portion of the time. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But they're just going the wrong direction, especially when it comes to Pioneer. Now, again, they've done a lot of great things with Pioneer. So I, I'm not going to say uh, everything. But we've just had a couple, you know, I guess really, really poor sequences of decisions in a row uh, regarding Pioneer, and uh, just looking for those to turn around. I guess you know how do you how did you feel? Did you see that tweet? How did you feel when you saw it? I I retweeted it and I just said the same thing I just said. Mm-hmm. I mean, where you been at? Yeah, where where you been at? Like, I mean, it's just again at some point, someone in the higher up offices need to realize that the long-term payoff of having your game be popular and beloved and well-liked is going to get you further in the long run than just your short-term, we sold a bunch of booster pack payouts, right? Because eventually you're going to run out of enough goodwill that those short-term booster pack payoffs will stop coming. Right. Like I think, I think we're on a timeline for how long I'm really looking to play pioneer on arena, right? Like to be fair, Explorer has been actually pretty good. I've been having a lot of fun playing it. Um, I have spent no money on Arena, right? I've just used all the things that, because, you know, we were hyping up for however long it was, six months, you know, Pioneer on Arena, right? And we were talking about, we had strategy episodes. Hey, here's how you save up your wild cards to use them for, we, I mean, they told us it was coming. They told us it was on the development and, and uh, development plan, and here it is. Um, or here it's going to be, and obviously that was all a, a giant lie. The paternity test came back, uh, we are not the fathers, and it's all just gone downhill from there. So, you know, I still have 50 wild cards, rare and mythic, ready to spend, and I've spent 10 or 15 of each making some decks, and Explorer's been pretty fun. So there's a chance it tides me over, but again, really, I'm 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 very much considering, do I keep giving my money to a company that has repeatedly told me they don't want it, you know? And that's 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 where I'm frustrated. I think we've had a whole conversation about that before, where it's like I really just wizards w- wish wizards wanted my money, and it just feels like they don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100. And I just the carrot can only be dangled so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was joking with the, the the playing pioneer crowd that I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the decision one day just to wake up and be like, mm, you know what, pioneers isn't working out. We're just explore only right now because that's just what we got. 
Right. Yeah, we can't afford to be printing all these paper cards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, digital cards only. I, I just feel like, you know, I, I'm not going to complain about, like, the 40K decks getting delayed because at this point, like, I just expect everything to be delayed in some way, shape, or form due to, like, all the issues going on right now. Yeah. Um. So but that's not, like, a big shocker. But yeah. just like, man, you know what would help alleviate some of these product delays? Making less product. Yeah, to be fair, they've got an ambitious print schedule, and, uh, you know, I don't know much or care much about the 40K product, but I will say that the cards they have been printing, while we've, we've you know, all experienced our quality issues, they've had some really cool art directions on them, so um, I might even, like I said, I'm looking to even potentially pick up one box closer to MSRP, or closer to, you know, I guess regular retail than some of the inflated prices from some local stores where I'm at. Uh, probably just in you're talking, for one you're box. talking you're talking about double talking masters, about double masters right? where i'm getting to yeah the newest thing but you know commander legends massive failure right i mean that was just not well thought out at all so we're just getting to that point where they're just pumping out so much product and it's so poorly thought out that it's it's getting a little concerning there's some delays going on so you know small indie company jokes aside uh you know hoping things go well. but again i've heard people like standard so i mean i think there's a lot of reasons to be positive it's just that it didn't used to be this many mistakes it's just funny because I just don't think we'll ever see standard really exist outside of arena again, because I feel like, you know, as hard as it's trying to get stores to run pioneer, it's even, you know, like I was talking about, I was talking yeah. to stores about being like, you know, like, Hey, like if we can't get pioneer going, like if you're not willing to run pioneer, can we at least like try standard? I just don't want to play modern. And it's right. just like, well, you could just go play arena. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that disappointing to hear? Yeah. Man. And again, more stores should try it. Again, I've we sat at uh, I didn't get to go this past week, but the times I've been at my local store, it's been consistently fifteen to twenty at both stores that I've been at, right in the in the greater yeah. Central Texas area. Uh, you know, two small stores both getting fifteen to twenty very very easily, having to expand space and stuff like that. So very surprised, and I'm sad. Unfortunately, I think some of the stores that missed up on the opportunity or weren't aware of Pioneer and its its fan base yeah. or how easy it is to build, where you put it together, and then people go, "Wait, it's this accessible? I can spend one hundred and fifty dollars and have a good deck." Um, if that, right? Assuming you already own cards. So I mean, I think some stores are going to miss out on the train, but Pioneer is sweet. Well, I mean, it really is. I mean, someone on the playing Pioneer Discord was asking, just sort of like, as someone who's more enfranchised, like, what are my, like, authentic, legitimate thoughts of the format? And, I mean, I just straight up said, like, you know, Pioneer is in a little bit of a mess of a competitive space, um, just due to the nature of it being essentially relegated to digital, into onto MitGo for several years, mm-hmm. where it really feels like the primary audience at the outset of the format was supposed to be, you know, the, the paper players who didn't want to buy into modern, but still wanted to play with their old standard cards. And I mean, that, I think that still really comes through in the identity of the format. Um, and those are the players who are more willing to go to arena than they are Mitko. And, you know, you look at, so like the player, ba- the ideal player base is really going to go to MTGO. And so, and you're the players who are in franchise MTGO are really modern players or have the ability to play all these older formats. And so it's kind of like Pioneer's always been like a weird place of just like, yeah, like it is a mix of just seeing the same names week in and week out. And I'm not trying to discredit the, the work those people put in, but it's not like the Pioneer community on Mitgo is really deep. And so I think that like Pioneer is such a good local meta format oh. where, you know, not everyone is going to have 
mono green devotion built, right? Right. Most of your decks are going to be, yeah, you know, I like really like the standard deck or like, hey, I'm just throwing stuff together and it's just fun. It is just like, honestly, like, you know, I, I hate on Commander a lot just because I do think there are negative impacts on the game, on the way I like to play the game overall based on the rise and popularity of Commander. Mm-hmm. But I, I do respect Commander with at its core kind of being a do-what-you-like format. And I think right. that Pioneer outside of Commander is probably the best format for that and still, like, have a hope of remaining competitive, right? Like, uh-huh. yeah, man, like, you can play your old standard cards in Modern, but, like, good luck against $200 Monkeys because while not everyone has a place at a Nykthos... The modern players all have those MH2 cards. It feels yep. like, yeah, uh, because or else why would they why would they not be playing the why would they be playing the format otherwise? So I think Pioneer is just such a good place to explore and just enjoy the game, just play the magic that you want to play. You know, yeah, there'll be people like me who are playing some more top tier meta decks, but at the same time, you know, I'm bringing other decks with me. I don't have to play, you know mono green ramp i brought just i have my nykthosis i just played mono green stop me instead and you know what deck's still a lot of fun you know i'm pl- taking five color humans which becoming a thing in the meta now but i think pioneer is just like always been in this weird kind of crossroads where it's been between a rock and a hard place on just what it's tried to accomplish yep and it just like is really sad and i feel like you know, looking at it from an LGS perspective, it's this self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, Pioneer doesn't fire. I can't, we can't run Pioneer. Well, what are you doing to advertise Pioneer? On Thursday night, you're just saying, hey, we're going to try Pioneer tomorrow night. It come out at seven. And it's like stores just don't want to, I feel like, put in an effort to build a community anymore. Instead, they want to rely on, hey, Commander Open Play, come hang out, spend some money, or just, you know if you throw up a modern event, they will come mentality. You know, I, oh. I just feel like stores don't want to commit to building a player base anymore when they just know what is the instant cash in. Yeah. I mean, props to, I mean, and props to commander players for showing up for their format every week. I mean, that's, that's a level of dedication. I think our community kind of strives to have uh, honestly in that level of dedication, but I think we've shown up again. I mean, the stores that I have convinced to do it, they, they have had a massive turnout. And I think it's important to remember because I had several Twitter interactions this weekend with players who played magic for maybe four years. And now all of a sudden they're modern uh, magic uh, history experts. And it's important to remember that like, People pushed for the modern format, just like we're pushing for Pioneer. And when it, upon its founding, now we didn't push for like Pioneer to begin with. We weren't Frontier players or anything like that. But once it came out, we were on the wagon. So props to Wizards for setting it up, setting up no fetch lands, that kind of thing. But Modern got a Pro Tour within like six months of the format launching, you know? And it was a disaster. <laughs> Everybody just played Infect because it turns out you can discard Reaper King to this green pump spell and like put it on your Infect creature for plus 10, plus 10. It's a legacy combo, actually. It's not like Infect. Yeah, Blazing Shoal. Blazing Shoal, that's right. The Red Spell, Blazing Shoal. And again, it took a ton of development. So like by the time the first three years, because a lot of players were like, oh, in three years, Modern had all this and all these cool decks. I'm like, yeah, but cards like Splinter Twin, and birthing pod got printed within a year either before or after of modern's inception so a lot of those cards were standard legal cards 
And people were like, oh, look at all these cool decks. I'm like, yeah, those were standard legal cards. And so we're having that same thing as far as power level of the format. You know, your Uros, your your Croxes, your whatnot. So I got to see a lot of revisionist history on comparisons between Modern and Pioneer. And I just think that, you know, they are different formats. And so ultimately their points are correct, but they were trying to shine modern in a better light and it's a fine format. There's nothing wrong with it. Like there's no reason for me to sit here and like downplay modern. I play modern sometimes too, but like now it's just, it is just a jumble of MH2 cards and people trying to make that better than it is. I I just don't appreciate it, especially when they're trying to like tamp down pioneer, right? It's more like there's a lot of modern players trying to put down pioneer than the other way around. And it's just, it's just not necessary. I feel like. Well, and I, I love like watching modern players comment on pioneer where they're like, well, the format is interactive. Like you're not like, you know, yeah, yeah, man. I'm yeah. My, all my creeps aren't, aren't free removal spells because the evoke, right? Right. Or it's just like, but when the players are complaining about like, well, you know, Raptor's Midrange isn't a good deck. It's like, well, yeah, it's not a good deck. You're trying to interact. You're out here complaining the point is interactive, and when not people are complaining about like and playing interactive deck, you're like, mm, you're trying to interact too hard. You can't pick both sides. <laughs> right. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're exactly right. A, a lot of that seems to be happening, but again, that's just that's just random Twitter stuff. I mean, when we show up on in on Thursday and play, it's great. I I just think that like the pioneer community, it's not even the pioneer community. I feel like it's more outliers of the pioneer community or like former members of the pioneer community who outside look in. And just, like, you know, want to complain about, you know, I, I I still think that, like, you know, Karn should probably go out of this format if we want to do something about Mono Green. I think Mono Green has kind of had a stumble week, right? We'll get into that. Uh, but it's just so funny to me now, just like, oh, Mono Green didn't have a great week. Well, let's go back to complaining about Phoenix and how we should reband the Devil Spells and the Devil Spells not being fair again. It's just like... Do we just have to complain about banning something in this format at yeah. all times? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I need the card that I lost to five minutes ago to be banned uh, every hour on the hour. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just feels like that. It, it definitely, like, Pioneer's getting a lot of negative press from people who, like, haven't played the format or played other formats. And, like, my favorite one the was Del just, like... spells <laughs> place an unfair graveyard removal check on the format. My favorite one was, like, there are just no good decks. It's like, what? like it it was such a nonsensical argument of like well i just want to pick up the best deck and play it and learn and it's like well then find a deck like there's probably a deck that's got positive matchups but you don't want to invest the time to find that deck and it's like we expect all the pros to do it for us and don't get me wrong it's some someday they will right like the pro tour format is coming but at the same time this complaint of like well we just don't know what the best well then put the effort in to find it right like that was the cool thing about the format to begin with diving into making content has made me so blissfully aware at how large <laughs> the percentage the magic community that is just like, tell me to, what deck to play and tell me like how to sideboard and tell me your percentages. Right. And and that's that's how they interact with magic. Right, right, right. right. And, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but it's, it's disappointing the amount of people who do that and then will like – in this case, I was it was funny to me because they were going to Twitter and then complaining, complaining about it. There's nothing wrong necessarily with net decking. I don't have a problem with that. I did it for many, many years. It was like you wanted to be sure. playing the best deck. Nothing wrong yeah. with it other than when you complain about not being able to net deck. <laughs> like I don't. That's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, then either don't play or like figure something out, right? Like, I'm sorry you got to put a little effort in, but like the whole yeah. thing isn't, isn't meant to cater to you. And it was just funny because, again, these are like actual things that like uh, MTGO grinders were tweeting out over the weekend. Yeah. That was just like ridiculous to see where it was like, you well, don't have please. to tweet every thought out of your mind. You know, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is players don't realize because they're not really familiar with the format is that like so many deck builds in Pioneer 
are like matchup tuned. Right. It's not like you're playing Splinter Twin where you're just playing some counter spells and you know you're going to end up in the combo. Pioneer the Pioneer decks are tuned around like, yeah, man. Claudio spends like however many hours in a cave every week trying to figure out what the meta for that weekend is going to be when he throws his Nivlite list together, right? Right. People, when they look at the sideboard comp for the Karn Wishboard in Mono Green, so many things in this format are so match-up tuned that when you just try to jump into the format, you're just going to have a bad time. Yep. Why? Why? Are, uh, why this week is Red Black not playing Oni Cult Anvil, Oni Cult Anvil, and instead playing a couple of the Enchantment, uh, whatever it is, munitions, and going on a lucky thing? Well, because they don't want to get shut down by Karn, right? Like these yeah. these deck lists are evolving every week, and I think it's cool to see. I really do. Yeah. And with that, let's go in to those deck lists, shall we? Uh, we'll start with uh, with Saturday's challenge here. In eighth place, we have Musasabi on Rakdos Sacrifice. 7th place, Pumpkin Wavy on Mono Blue Spirits. 6th place, Stranger 99 on Mono Red Aggro. 5th place, Krichkin on Boros Aggro. 4th place, Doomwake on Rakdos Sacrifice. 3rd place, Bolivo on Azorius Control. 2nd place, uh, Leandro... Leandrox... Leandrox Peralta? I think that cures COVID. Yeah, you know, hey... Uh, on four color humans and Renth in first place with Bant Spirits. So, you know, obviously, big thing, like I said here, no mono green. You're going to find some mono green further down in like thir- 11th and 15th place. But hey, it looks like we figured out how to metagame a lot faster than we figured out how to metagame against Winota, uh, which is why, again, I was jokingly saying, like, oh, because, you know, last, last time this happened, you know, it took about a month. We finally figured out how to metagame against Winota, and by the time they finally figured out what to do about it, Wizard said, we're just going to ban Winota. So, hey, we did it in two weeks this time, so maybe nothing gets banned this week, but it's only one week of results. So we'll see if this keeps up. Uh, But anyway, let's look at, uh, like Chris is saying, this 8th place Rakdos Sacrifice deck list. What do we got here? No, only Cult Anvil, like Chris is saying. We're playing around Karn here. We picked up for Cubs and Lucky Witness, we're playing some things like Village Rights. We're playing Eaten Alive, Claim the Firstborn, and we're just trying to grind out a game with just Cat Oven and Croxa and Obnixilis. And I mean, I love that now we're just going to take all of our opponents' uh, smaller creatures with Claim the Firstborn, and we're just going to keep sacking stuff. We're going to get value off Unlucky Witness and things like that here. And this is a great adaptation of a grind-out style deck. Yeah, I mean, I am a little surprised to not see Thoughtseize in the main deck. I, that card has been an absolute all-star for me. Um, but maybe you don't need it, right? Like, maybe it's just like, well, whatever you play, I've got an answer to, and I'm going to develop my own plan. But um, the four Thoughtseize in the board, man, I just, I've been so in love with Thoughtseize. But obviously, again, this makeshift munitions, I really wonder what the the want to include only one is. I don't know if it's like a test, because I've seen now like all these decks play one. Uh, maybe yeah. they feel like, hey, I get to see enough cards, I always see it. And you don't necessarily yeah. want to see a second could one, we right? Just, could we just play makeshift munitions in Anvil? In like an Anvil shell is like a sideboard card for the card matchup? You know, we just like drop some of the cat ovens or something like that, put in the munitions. That's still, you know, we obviously can't sack things to Anvil then, but we're still getting the uh, triggers of, like the, the activation triggers of getting out constructs. 
Yeah, I, I could see it. I think, again, the big deal is the second uh, makeshift munitions is so much worse than the second witch's oven. Like, drawing more witch's ovens is great, because uh, obviously, you know, only, you only need one cat and then infinite ovens, right? It, that cat goes back in that oven over and over again. You see so many cards that, like, we only need to play maybe, like, two or three munitions. Yeah, yeah, I think, again, I think, uh, again, they played one. I think you could definitely play two if you wanted to, just to make sure you see it, because the card does seem sick, but, you know... Uh, there's also only so, so many things you can sack. You've got enough sack outlets with your fatal, uh, sorry, your village rights and your daily disputes that I'm sure you know you don't need yeah. it all the time. Unlicensed hearse, man. That card has been, uh, it's been a, it's been a hearse. Ooh, I was trying $10 to go for a copy card. now. Yeah, yeah. Woo. Card is insane. That card gets so big so fast. Not as a graveyard hate card. If you just need a, a gigantic creature, unlicensed hearse is that card. Yeah, because. You know, Tormod's Whip, Karma Goyf, whatever you want to call Karma it. Karma Goyf, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you just there was a card that was like a two mana four four that used to play back in the day, and it was like a it was a cold snap card, and the uh, upkeep cost was to exile cards from the graveyard, and it was graveyard hate for white, right? But it was a two mana four four. That card you could just play sometimes if your opponent was like putting like fetch lands. They didn't have to be a graveyard deck. It was just a big creature that ate the yard and you frequently had enough stuff to exile it to keep it in play for three or four turns. And that four four body was way more important back in the day, as you see from cards like Tarmogoyf just being big and and getting the job done. Hearse is the same thing. And it also dodges um, wrath effects, right? Like it's it's so huge. I mean, if you just need a big creature, just this is your card. You know, so like graveyard hated is, but a lot of times you're just like, meh, here's my eight, eight hearse. Cause like, I just get to pick uh, your graveyard, my graveyard, you know, back and forth again and again, until I've got a massive creature to swing for the wind. So uh, pretty hot stuff. I, I love mono blue playing slip out the back. Yep. Uh, so about the back, such a fun, great card. Uh, the sixth place mono red deck. We're on like a bigger red build. We got tor, tor brands we're playing modest. We're playing BTEs. We got the Eidolons, the Kari says, oh man, don't forget. BTEs and BT's and Akari Zev. Yeah, Ooh. don't forget Ember Cleave. We're, we're cleaving people yeah. with, with an Anax. I, I wanted to say Ajax, but it's Anax, so maybe it's just Anax. Yeah. But I want to pronounce that A that way, so I'm gonna. So yeah, Anax, Ember Cleave, and then, you know, the 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 homies, as it were, in our mono red. Uh, fifth place, I'm gonna pronounce that Crit Chicken. Okay. I think I, cr- right I, think, I think Crit Chicken is fine. I'm gonna go with Crit Chicken. It's just missing the vowels from Chicken. And so it could, I think it could be either one. Uh, Crit Chicken breaking out what is no longer deserving to be called Featherless Feather, because I have played quite a bit of this deck. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of people want to kill your other stuff, and they're like, oh, look, I kill this. And then you play a Virtuoso and combo kill them in one turn. Um, if they kill your Virtuoso, you're in trouble. I really don't think this deck is actually that good, as much as I love it. And, and I love me some Homestead Courage, right? I was on that card before a lot of people were. Um, but Eliminator Virtuoso is just is absolutely sick. You know, it's the double striker that that just gets infinitely large. It's so lives, it's so funny. Game. I mean, the, our Discord was talking about like, man, what happened to Clever Lumamancer? We just kind of forgot it existed for when Illuminated Virtuoso came out. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is just like you can play um, Lumamancer in Modern. It's much better because of the amount of spells you can play on a turn. Also, Lumamancer has Magecraft, right? Yes. So Storm cards are so much better. So yeah. Lumamancer is really, really good in modern where like you can play uh, the one mana storm spell that they can't block. Yes. I think it's it's ground some ground rift, uh, something rift, something like that. Anyway, that card's a one mana red card with storm. 
and you just obviously play quite a few spells, play that, and then you're, you've got the Niv Magus Elemental and the Lumomancer, which both get bigger off Magecraft. So it's just harder to Magecraft in Pioneer, obviously, than it is in Modern. However, Virtuoso has Double Strike, so it really just takes a couple spells, right, an Invigorated Rampage and whatnot in order to make it massive. And then it just kills people. But without your Virtuoso, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're, you're definitely in trouble without it. So, uh, yeah, something to, something to consider playing that deck. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't make it as your only deck. I, I like it as my backup deck for like funsies yeah. if I'm running out my main deck, but you'll learn real fast. It can be uh, it can be tough sometimes. And again, Doomwake on Rakdos Sack. I want to yeah. come up here to second place with humans because, ooh, Chris, the vapors. The vapors <laughs> are coming over me. Yeah. Uh, if you want, you can see I, I like, you can, you can, I love when you can tell um, we do the, the tier list explanation articles mm-hmm. on, um, on playing pioneer now like we explain the tiers and you can tell the ones i like the ones i write because i just gushed about humans and just how sweet extraction specialists look i i wasn't a firm believer in extraction specialist during during spoiler season but like can we talk about how dope extraction specialists don't look at the face the, the face is a little uh, little gummy there uh, but man, this card is sick. I mean, you get to buy back so much of the deck. I love playing Charming Prince now. Uh, Charming Prince here lets you flicker your extraction specialist, <laughs> yeah, yeah. resetting yeah. the creature, let, allowing the creature to now attack and block. You get to buy something else back. Extraction specialist gets to laugh when your opponent like turn one thought seizes you because you're just like, like oh, I guess I'll take the follows of 10. You're like, okay, yeah, cool, bro. Yeah. Turn three, extraction specialist. Get back my Follies Lieutenant, you know, yep. uh, next turn, reset it with the char- uh, It's just the value train is so real. I mean, you don't have Extraction Specialist. Well, now you can start blinking your Reflector Mages and just making life so miserable for your mono green opponents. And it's just, just uh, this deck makes me so happy. Yeah. Now, the real question still is Coco or Pyre. You know me, I'm playing Coco, but uh, shout out to the Pyre fans in the Discord as well. Yeah, I think Pyre's a lot of fun. I like Pyre Clerics and then kind of Coco everything else. But, um, you know, this deck's a little bit tougher on your on your mana base. But I'm honestly, I know this is going to sound lame, but I'm honestly just excited for Experiment 1 to be seeing play again. That's a card that I spent a lot of time playing with at its inception, um, which I don't know which Ravnica that was. The return. It was Gatecrash. Gatecrash. It was the return to Ravnica, right? Yeah. Versus RTRTR. Uh-huh. And then RTRTRTR, something like that, I think is what we're at now. Well, that's that's soon. That's soon. Okay, gotcha. We haven't been there yet. All right, fair enough. Um, but I'm with you. I've seen Extraction Specialist. I really like Extraction Specialist on the um, on the Voice of Resurgence, but I know that's not really a human stack. But that's been a card that I, I have really, really liked, uh, an interaction I have been a big fan of. But the best thing you can obviously be doing is, you know, getting it, your, getting your Thalus in it back. Some, some of the other plays in this deck are a little bit weaker, but... Extraction Specialist is is pretty big. It's got Lifelink is the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, Lifelink on its on its body, I think, really, really makes a difference on this card. That's caught a couple people off guards. And historically, I actually was not, if you go back and listen or for longtime listeners, I really wasn't the biggest fan of General Kudrow. Um, I think here it's insane. I think General, Kud- General Kudrow is so good. That's like I told Ricky. My favorite thing with Kudrow is everyone kind of forgets the third ability. Right. And I've blown up so many things in the ice. Yeah, that's the huge one. Is like now that people aren't swarming the board as hard, right? Then and like targeted creature kill matters so much more. Kudrow is huge. And this lets you like not have to play 
given that we're not really trying to interact in our main deck, right? Like a lot of people are like, hey, I'm not playing no removal spells, especially now that there's no removal checks in the format. This is a great way to, you know, get that effect, get a removal spell effect while not having to slow yourself down. You can just jam creatures. You can just jam collected companies. That's all you need. And Kudro really, really helps, you know, smooth out some of those matchups. When you find it and you get to look at so many cards, it's there. And so this kind of gives you the best of both worlds. I'm a little surprised to see absolutely none of the uh, the werewolf that removes stuff. Brutal Cathar? Uh, two, in the, two in the sideboard. Two in the sideboard, I, fair Br- enough. Br- Brutal Cathar, I, I think, is just being outclassed by Reflector Mage right now. That's fair. I'm a huge Reflector Mage fan, and, and that is totally fair. <laughs> yeah, it stops him, and it stops him from immediately uh, uh, playing it again if they can kill it. I think it's just a lot of people can't kill the Brutal Cathar right now, but... Uh, yeah, I, I will not complain because I'm a huge fan of Reflector Mage. So let's let's move on. Yeah, and then of course, first place, Renth with the Bant Spirits. You love to see it. I love to see it. Yeah. Uh, pour, pour one up. Pour drink in the champ circle, you spooky, spooky boys. And like, one thing I love about this deck is it's like, very little has changed on this deck over the course of its life in Pioneer. You know, it picks up a new tool in like Cemetery Illuminator. You know, it picks up Skyclave Apparition, uh, you know, it's just like every now and then it's a new toy, but otherwise this deck has stayed the same, and I admire that. Do you, do you think that people just forgot about Dre and that this deck was actually good the whole time, or do you think that like the metagame has shifted and this deck is better now? I think Winota was a really hard matchup for this deck. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I like the mono blue version because of the amount of counter spells we're playing. And I really think a lot of decks just aren't prepared for that. Like, I think it's kind of yeah. cleaning up my local metagame because, like, people like me are like, eh, I'm going to just play some wank- wacky combo if everybody's doing stupid stuff. And I'm just going to try and kill you on turn five with my wacky combo instead of, like, turn two or three like Modern does, right? Yeah. Um, and then the Mono Blue players are there to be like, oh, I have actual counter spells to stop you with a little bit of tempo. And I think that lines up really well against kind of where the format's at right now. I don't think that deck lines up very well against Red Black. If we start seeing the Red Black comeback with less uh, artifacts to play around Karn, whew, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of removal spells, it's a lot of ping effects, right, to to kind of get the Mono Blue player. But until then, until then, those counter spells I like. Uh, 10th place here, LBBL on a little bit of uh, magma opus action here creativity deck list here i have this deck built. Uh, <laughs> the 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 only deck that beat ricky in the uh the crew three championship also shout out to new crew three discord champion lemon lion and thank you to everyone who uh stopped by and joined us for the charity stream this weekend uh we did uh at the end of the weekend hit that 250 goal so tune in for us to schedule the morbius watch along in the discord at some point uh, here in the near future and again uh, i keep saying it cats is coming we have the way to do this it's just the next couple of weeks are gonna be a little busy but i'm hoping that like towards the end of the summer we can knock out things like morbius and cats and uh, i think we should just keep racking them up yeah i think we just keep racking them up we just find the worst movies and there's just like a weekend or just the weekend of torture where like we just did five years of charity streams and then there's all of the us uh, watching terrible movie watch-alongs right there. Well, you know? eventually that's going to just be a charity stream, right? Yeah, exactly right. The charity stream of watching us watch the movies we promised to watch during past charity streams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to come on down to 17th place uh, where we have the return of Is It Prowess playing, replacing Express Radiation with a card I didn't actually think of, but I think it's a super good idea. 
in Of One Mind, uh, which is, of course, two and a blue for a sorcery. This spell costs to us if you control a human and a non-human creature. Well, Chris, uh, what what creature type is Ledger Shred and what creature type are Sprite Dragons? Uh, those are Bird Advisors and Fairy Dragons. Mm, okay. And uh, what about Monastery Swift Spear, Soul Scarbage, and Young Peasy? Those are both, uh, those are all humans. Some of them are wizards, some of them are monks, and some of them are shamans. Ah, well, check off both those boxes we got there. Obviously, I was thinking we're going to end up playing something like like uh, Reckless Impulse or maybe like Is It Charm, co- like Counts. Uh, of One Mind here is sick. I love this. This is a great idea. I mean, you know, you land a Ledger Shredder. Ledger Shredder's going to be pretty... Ledger Shredder ends up being pretty hard to remove when it gets played, right? Yeah. Now, as Red Black kind of picks up in popularity, that could change. Uh, but otherwise, you play Ledger Shredder, it generally can stick around for the most part a lot of times. Uh, now, of course, that means, hey, next turn, we play our one-drop human, and now we get to unlove mine immediately. So, uh, yeah, looks sweet. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I was a big fan. We were both chatting about this a little bit before because I just think this is – your bonus treasure crews, right? Like you typically don't want to play more than four treasure crews right now. I think four is kind of the exact amount. Because, yeah, because you will uh, you will run into some issues with your uh, your judge with delving, right? Yeah, yeah. You you know what I'm saying? If we had the option to run more, right? Uh, like as far as delve spells are concerned, um, that that's the amount of delve spells I like to run right now. I, I never have trouble. Like if I draw two or three treasure cruises, I can typically cast them all, mostly with the addition of consider to the format. But consider opt and some other one mana spells pretty much get us there. Of one mind is the way to like, hey, look, I'm going to pick up more cards and put a card in the graveyard. And it costs one mana most of the time. Um, um, That's why I'm surprised almost not to see a third young pyromancer because pyromancer makes elemental tokens, which immediately gives us our of one mind uh, discountability. But this is a card that just refills its hand so well. And I really like this uh, innovation on prowess. I'm a big fan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about in this challenge is... 22nd place with Selesnya Auras. I mean, I've been asked for a little while now just what I've thought about, you know, is there a light pause? Is there an Auras deck? You know, can one exist? I still think Kaya's Ghost Form, the Black Spell package you get in Orzov is a little nicer, is a little better for us. Uh, it's just weird to also see, like, no SRAM and that light pause is kind of our only real um, value engine. We're not even playing, what is it, Season of Growth? The two mana, the two mana's world, like the two mana enchantment that just says like, you know, scry one, and then you know get to draw a card whenever you target your right. guys, right? It's yeah, kind of like a, a SRAM not on a creature essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like we're really locked into our draw step here. Um, but again, you know, I I do think that if you're looking for a deck in a mono green heavy meta game, I think that Auras has a really big chance to surprise a lot of people, and I think that deck. People just kind of forgotten about it, and without Winota, and as we go to like stay paper, sort of takes a while to adapt to uh, combating mono green a little slower than the digital meta goes. I think these aura decks are a great way to go to combat that. If you're seeing like a big uptick in like the prowess decks or the mono green decks in your local meta, yeah, makes sense to me. Did you take a look at this mana base? What do you think about this mana base for? Uh, oh, we, how we threw away our our, our basic for our basic lands and added all snow covers. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Man. And I also just think like it's interesting to me because I was like, man, I see you playing this deck because it's probably going to cost you like you know, um, uh, black white auras cost like thirty dollars to play, 
and this deck looks like it costs ten dollars to play until you get to that three mana confluence in the sideboard. <laughs> yes, and then I'm like, mana oh. confluence needs a big reprint. <laughs> yeah, that card's uh, a little bit crazy, I'd say. Also, I apologies to everyone when I saw when I said, uh, you know, I feel like pot, that uh, Double Masters Two is going to end up being a good Pioneer reprint set. I was clearly wrong. Uh, I was blindsided by the fact that Liliana the Last Hope was one of the 10 pull cards, and we got very few uh, big Pioneer reprints of the set. Yeah, I think we got the ones I was happy with. We got uh, Liliana, we got Thousand Year Storm, definitely a card that needed some really sweet art, that's for sure. I think pretty much everybody agrees with me on that one. Uh, definitely not Supreme, just me. Supreme Verdict is a good reprint, I think. Yeah. Assassin's Trophy is a good reprint. Monastery Mentor. Uh, Monastery Mentor. I called that one. when As soon as I saw Prowess yeah. cards, I was like, Monastery Mentor is back, and I that's a card that's $30 for no reason, and uh, I'm excited to pick up some copies, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, you ready to move on to Sunday's challenge? Let's do it. Let's scoot. All right. We have Iljian B1 on four Color Fires Invention in eighth place. Seventh place, we have Misplaced Ginger on Rakdos Midrange. Sixth place, Frackham on Boros Aggro. Fifth place, Tunak Tunak on Rakdos Sack. Fourth place, Zerk on Rakdos Sack. Third place, Renth on Bant Spirit. Second place, Moon 11 on Is It Phoenix. And then first place, Underscore against underscore on Goldfish Sim Blue Red, but it is just Is It Phoenix with Ledger Shredder instead of Thing of the Ice. We'll have that uh, that showdown here in a second. But once again, no Mono Green this top eight. Three Rakdos decks here. Uh, Remf tried to make the run back, only finishing in third place with a pair of Is It decks. Uh, Phoenix strategies at the top here. What do you think of this top eight, buddy? Like the top eight, um, you know, I'm excited to see some kind of Phoenix back in action, um, both with Thing in the Ice and Ledger Shredder. I do think Ledger Shredder, I think Ledger Shredder is a little better than Thing in the Ice. I've liked Thing in the Ice, but with the amount of ways that people like are interacting with it, um, like your your spirits players can can get rid of it pretty easily one way or another, um, either exiling it over like these random human decks have ways to get rid of it so um it can get pinged down pretty easily and obviously it gets fatal pushed fatal pushes its worst enemy so i am impressed they did really well i don't like pieces of the puzzle i really like that card in general i have played more pieces of the puzzle before pioneer than probably any other player i was just really a big fan of that card but i'm just not sure i'm in love with it in in this metagame but again i could be wrong i was very wrong about expressive iteration and then, yeah, lots of spirits, lots of red, black, and lots of phoenix, right? Uh-huh, for sure. Uh, anything else this top eight kind of worth talking about? I mean, again... Chandra, Torture, Rack- Defiance, man. Rack-dose. I like that Where, in the mid-range. In the seventh place, oh, misplaced mid- Ginger's got it. Yeah. Really big fan of that. Um, I still like Soren the Merciless, but I do think that in this metagame, I, it's been underwhelming. I think I think Hazard's the play over Soren. Yeah, I think Soren's been very underwhelming, essentially. I do really like that card. I hope one day there is a metagame for it. I do unfortunately think this isn't it. I also think like cards of the Fable, uh, like cards like Fable the Mirror Breaker, unfortunately just really outshine Soren. Let's be honest, Fable the Mirror Breaker is basically a planeswalker. Um, it, it gets you so many effects, all effects that you want in a row, right? There's no bad side for Fable. It's pretty much insane every uh, every step. What do they call them of the saga? Phase? Uh, chapter chapter yeah chapter of the saga that's right so um but i do still like soren I, I wish it was good but you know chandra is is just so hot like the ability to mana ramp right now we've seen a lot of decks take advantage of be really hot it kills creatures you get card advantage which is a lot of what these decks really want so uh picked up a couple chandras actually from ricky he had some extra ones 
Uh, of course, of course he did, Ricky right? Had extra of course, he had extra Chandra. <laughs> yeah. And I picked him up off him because I was just like, uh, you know, I want to play this card, and I've uh, been playing with it a little bit. So, uh, I love Tasha Underdog. I've been playing some Tasha Underdog in my builds. Uh, they make a nice little combo with Obnix. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Midrange is doing good again. I think this is a really interesting week to see Mono Green just kind of drop off. And I'm really curious to see if this was a mix of just a lack of mono green players this weekend or what kind of happened, because I feel like the meta here is there've been minor tweaks, adaptations, right? But it feels like nothing here really did a lot to unseat mono green. Um, So yeah, I think next week will be interesting to kind of see if this drop off in mono green carries on. Yeah. Look at the amount of one thing I just want to note out of some of these sideboards is like one Aether gust I feel like it's disrespectful. I've been packing, <laughs> I've been packing two to three, and I've loved it every single time. Uh, so much yeah. of this format is red or green, right? Red, black, mono green. Uh, that's mostly it, but that's a lot of the format, to be honest with you. Um, there's obviously four color decks, right? Um, you have red, white, right? That does a uh-huh. lot. So like that's one that they they don't see coming, and you just want all the removal you possibly can against that deck. Although it does not get your illuminated virtuosos, which is your main uh, main enemy, but yeah, I mean, Aether Gust, been a big fan. That, I'd pretty much be playing in every sideboard that I could if I was playing blue. Two to three Aether Gust and two to three one mana, three counter spells. Gosh, Mystical Dispute. Mystical Dispute is the card I'm thinking of. So, yeah, yeah. And then a, a smattering of removal for your Spirits players. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think this meta game is generally really great. A couple of the decks I want to talk about here real quick in this challenge. Uh, 17th place, Abzan Grease Fang by April 333. No loss, we saw Abs and Grease Fang. We got some Death Rage Shaman, such supplier. Ooh, excuse me, Santa Wayfinder, Grease Fang, Rotting Registrar. You know, I love some Rotting Registrar. Oh, yeah. Uh, four of Wither Bloom Command. How long? We really don't see Wither Bloom Command see a lot of play here. Uh, but if this is a deck to do it, here it is. Uh, yeah, we got our Chariot, our Perhelions. Uh, Abs and Grease Fang, I felt like, had some popularity when Grease Fang first got printed and then really got replaced in the battle between Esper and and mardu do you have any opinions on those deck versions yeah i think like watching nate nate plays a lot of mardu um your ability with blood tokens to get the parhelions out of your hand is pretty massive and i think that's the big thing it's like collective brutality um is is cute but you really need ways to do it. that's why i've actually been playing esper because uh tainted indulgence and then faithful mending really give you ways to get it out of your hand, which is the big problem. Like you really obviously that card in your hand. So like if you were, if you were looking for like a massive cards in your graveyard, I think that this would be the way to go because I think this is one of the decks that can really actually use traverse the Uvenwald. I had an opponent actually in my locals play this deck and play traverse and it was insane, right? Like it was really the way to go. Cause obviously you're trying to mill artifacts to the yard. You've got a Seekers chariot and Parhelion as artifacts. And then, you know, obviously your suite of creatures, sorceries, lands that you're going to incidentally mill. So you've got ways to do it. You can choose to play a Planeswalker if you want. But I do think that this deck really lacks ways to get the Parhelion out of your hand. Riding Registor, obviously a, a pretty cool include to try and help with that. But it's just not as good. And so I think this is a really, really fun choice. And if you have the lands to build this and nothing else because you were, you know, doing something already, I do think this is a perfectly fine deck. I would absolutely be playing Traverse the Uvenwald. But I do think it falls a little bit behind. Is that what you've noticed as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, anything else interesting in this particular challenge? Uh, 24th place, we have Timu on Jeskai Ascendancy here. We got a build uh, featuring Retraction Helix 
and Mox Amber to get our big Jeskai Ascendancy combo turns here. Uh, Letter Shredder Chip, Rea- Reality Chip, Emery Lurker, The Locks, Elise Sublime Artificer, Consider Retraction, Helix, Dig Through Time, Mox Amber, Tormod, Crypt, Portable Hole, Terrarian, Glass Cask, and Jeskai Ascendancy. Of course, here, uh, Sahili lets us uh, make a just ridiculous amount of servo tokens mm-hmm. uh, because what happens is obviously with Jeskai Ascendancy in play, we can throw Retraction Helix on something and we just get to keep bouncing uh, Mox Amber uh, and replaying it and just getting a million uh, Servo Tokens. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And they're also just uh, really huge. huge. Uh, of course, this uh, doesn't really combo kill in a sense because we still need to untap with all of these servers to kind of get there. But hey, uh, when you got a million Servos, it's not a whole lot of ways to kind of get them off the board. Yeah, I'm a little surprised this we don't see a little more of this deck, but I think that some of the pieces that you need can be just too easily dealt with. But I, I don't know, man. Like, I've been playing a lot of um, Sylvan Carroted, and that card never gets removed. And given that this yeah. deck typically plays, like, Sylvan Carroted and then the Paradise Druid, um, the Paradise Druid is just too easy to ping off. Maybe that's the problem. Like, maybe yeah. the, the other threats with the amount of sack and whatnot going on just are too easy to kill, so you're too reliant on Carroted. I, I could see that. And then if in the off chance, like maybe there's removal for the lands, if you case you go with the Sylvan Awakening method, maybe there's some way to deal with that that I'm not thinking of. But I'm a little surprised that, you know, I, I thought more mid-rangey kind of combo decks would be around and a little surprised we don't see more of them. But I think one of the big things is Jeskai Ascendancy really took a dive post-printing of March of Otherworldly Light and the sure. uptick in Blue Eye Control. Yeah. And that really... Um, so much easier to kill the enchantment piece of it now. That's great. Yeah. Yes. That just incidental yeah. side removal where it's like, hey, I've got ways to kill this where there weren't as many before does make a lot of sense, right? Yeah, very true. Uh, other than I, that. Uh, I, that was kind of for this challenge. I mean, I think there's a couple of decks we wanted to talk about in the league real quick, and we'll probably just end up here with a shorter episode this week, which isn't consequently a big deal. Uh, I know I'll let you talk about this first deck by 36 underscore chambers. Oh, I can start with that, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. What an, what an honor. 36 underscore chambers. I wish I knew what that was a reference to, if anything, uh, has come to us this week with a master a masterpiece. Is that fair to say? Yeah, of course. Now, uh, some people, they're going to want us to rewind to some of the other decks before we got to this one, but we're going to start here. We've got four wandering emperors. This is, of course, you'll see where this is going, right? Four wandering emperor. Two, Archangel Avacyn. That's a card y'all probably done forgot about. Archangel Avacyn costs uh, triple colorless and double white for a 4-4 flash, flying vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain indestructible. And when a non-angel creature you control dies, transform Archangel Avacyn. The backside is a super sweet 6-5, and I hold on, I'm just going to read its other abilities, uh, with flying, and then when it transforms, it deals three damage to each other creature and each opponent. So it's a pseudo kind of wrath, uh, essentially. Four, here's your boy, Night Pack Ambusher. And it's not it's not a one-man wolf pack. It's kind of a one-man wolf pack uh, because he's bringing all these wolves, but it ends up being the full-on wolf pack very, very quickly. We're going to rock two Decisive Denials, two Dig Through Times, two Dovin's Vetoes, three Endless Detour straight off of the streets, fresh off the streets, if you will, of uh, the newest streets of Capenna. It costs Bant. It's an instant. The owner of target spell, non-land permanent, or card in a graveyard, 
puts it on top uh, on top or on bottom of their library. So obviously your opponent gets to pick, but we've seen how good Aether Gust is. These type of effects have been really good. And these three color spells, I think, have been proving their worth in Pioneer. I think that the um, Esper one has been pretty good. I've been really a big fan of that. Um, the modal spell, I guess I should say. And the then, Void Rend? <clears throat> um, Void Rend is the non-modal one. Yeah. That I think is the... Uh, it's not the Bant version. It's the other version. Oh, you have to have Obscura Charm? I'm thinking of the Charm. Yeah. 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 Obscura Charm. Obscura Charm is the, yeah, the Esper Charm version. But Void Ren, which is the Esper non-modal one, right? Yeah. Something like that has right. also been good. The point is these three color spells have been solid, regardless of their, whether or not they're the charms or just the cycle of this rare that's been good. Um, and obviously you get a lot of flexibility, right? You only have so many threats. So what if you need to get back a Night Pack Ambusher? I think it just says permanent. So what if you want to get back the Wandering Cooper? We've seen how good that card is, right? So that, I think that card is an absolute house. Four of, Cruth, of four of course of Growth Spiral, which is you know an all star insane card in every deck that it's good in. Three Make Disappear, which this is the deck where I really like it because you have the ability to sack off tokens um, just in case you need to you know super counter an Obnixil or something like that, right? Um, two of another card that I've been very very impressed with on a lot of decks that just want to be. Um, not only interacting with the opponent, but casting stuff on their instep. So not just flash, but like a lot of times what I've been trying to do recently is uh, cycle a shark typhoon or um, channel a Sokinzon to get my tokens to then sack them off with uh, indomitable creativity. This deck sure. obviously just wants to rewind such that we can untap and play night pack ambusher or whatever else we're trying to do. The wandering emperor heck on our opponent's uh, instep in addition to that rewind and rewind just it's been so good man it's been so good and then three settle the wreckage i have i am so happy with these card choices i cannot tell you this is a card that i really think people have forgotten about and i've seen one person play around it one time in the past like year and the opponent didn't even have it but they've just been settled before and so they know the pain right they had those flashbacks of getting settled to wreckage, their life crumbling before their eyes, and they never wanted it to happen to it again. Their life resembled the art on settled to wreckage, <laughs> uh, just a barren wasteland, and they never wanted to be settled again. This card's so powerful, and when it happens to you, you'll just be like, "Oh wow, <laughs> that was that was a pretty massive blowout," you know. Well, I think it's like I, I always love because. Playing spirits a bunch, you know, you play Settled Records in that sideboard. Settled Records is always a great card because it's always just like, people are always like, well, you could just play around the Settled Records. You can only attack with one creature, right? It's like, good. Great. Attack with one creature. Right. Great for me. Yeah. Like, I, I have eventually often found. You, you will have to attack in a Settled at some point. And when you do, you know it's going to be there. The, like the problem is when you get settled that first time again, your life resembles the art on on settle the records of barren wasteland, and you always respect it for the rest of time, even if your opponent doesn't have it. So, like honestly, yeah. I think the best play is to like settle your opponent game one and then side it out game two because they're gonna play around it no matter what and like try and do math about what kind of creatures they can attack with. Then they're gonna sit there attacking with one creature, which you're excited about because what this deck wants is time. This deck wins yeah. a lot of the late games just because the amount of massive um, threats it's about, it, it can uh, accumulate while also being disruptive, right? Once we got our Nightpack yeah. Ambusher in play, we're just free to counter all your spells and we're going to kill you. It's just a later game mono blue, right? You could argue it's maybe a worse mono blue as a result, but still it's there. Mono blue ain't out here playing Rewind, and this deck is, so obviously I've got a favorite. 
Uh, we are going to rattle uh, round off this deck with three portable holes. And then of course, two shark typhoons to fit in with our, Hey, I'm going to do stuff at the end of your turn theme, along with 25 lands to complement our, our gross spiral effects. But yeah, settle the wreckage. Uh, it's a card. So here is Bant, right? Bant flash and excited to see this deck five. Oh, congrats to 36 chambers. Sometimes I see these decks and especially early on, I feel like we had a lot more like when we were doing does it slaps. I feel like we had a lot more to say about some of these league decks early on in the formats because we played a lot of these cards. And I really feel like honestly, like we were, we were so much more experienced having talk about the decks every week. There were a lot of cards that I was like, Oh, I would do this instead of this. This really is a deck where I probably would have built the same deck. And like this, this is probably better than I would have put together. It really is. Yeah. So congrats to 36 Chambers, somebody that I'm not familiar with. I'm putting a deck together that that I would have been proud to build myself. So really cool, really cool deck there. Yeah, so uh, all these cards are in your cart, right? <laughs> yeah, I probably, uh, uh, well, you know, Wandering Emperor, uh, that's that's going to hurt my chances of buying a box Ooh, I and can, Double Master. Uh, so. I, can, I can let you borrow a couple copies. Yeah, okay, there we go. Only if I get the uh, anime waifu art. Uh, no, 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 sorry. I have... Uh, I have the Thanos Wandering Emperors. I don't have the really fancy expensive okay, ones. Okay, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, a couple of the decks lists. These, <laughs> look, I would love to keep going through all these deck lists. We're only going to get a chance to talk about a couple more because over the last few weeks, Pioneer has been, we're having like over 50 deck list league dumps here. So it's kind of hard to get through. So usual, per usual, I will link uh, the the league sort of deck dump below. Uh, other decks I want to talk about really quickly, Esper Grease Fang. We're playing cards like Rafine, Season Hollow Blade, Rafine's Inform. Really Where's that card? This connive here. What's up? Hold on, I'm going to control F. What's the player playing that card? Uh, that is BHC. Yeah, I got to see that. I didn't see this deck, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're just really making use of connive to help fuel our Grease Fang sure. package mm-hmm. here. Uh, Bolivo, back to his old tricks, playing Mono Black Aggro. Uh, Duan Seau on the Garuda combo deck, yeah. which Ricky played two great results uh, this weekend in the. We got to get him so we can talk event. about that deck. That was our that was our own event. We gotta we gotta talk about it some more. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, the <laughs> Ricky just wanted to tear this deck list, and I loved it. Uh, I played a really bad deck as well. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to Scoot Swarm once, and then my opponent uh, Meat Hook massacred me. That was not sparking joy. But there's <laughs> so many decks in this league to talk about. We only we don't have enough time to go through it. Oh, so I oh, real quick. I implore you to look at all the deck dumps uh, that we. Garuda have. won the preliminary. Oh, that's right! It did win one of the preliminaries. <laughs> yeah, won the preliminary yeah. uh, yesterday, I think, and the deck list yeah. was posted uh, today. But that's just hilarious. And obviously, it's a preliminary, but still hilarious to me that it just sparked. It was playing instead of the um, instead of Thassa, it was playing Wisp Weaver Angel, which is a flicker effect. So you just flicker the Garuda that way, and it's obviously a six mana angel. So um, pretty huge there. That's a big one because uh, when your other clones come into play, Wisp Weaver Angel isn't legendary. So you can yes. just copy Wisp Weaver Angel and yeah. then keep blinking your Garudas and just make an army of four four flyers or copy your Garuda if it's obviously yeah. the uh, the one that's allowed to do that. Well, it's it's why you also play Spark Double because your Spark Doubles turn your your Spark Doubles make your Garuda clones not legendary. Not legendary. Right. That's the big yeah. one. But I kept so, seeing Ricky do that yeah. over and over again where he's like he would find the non Spark Double so he'd have to sack one of the Garudas or you know obviously Legend Rule yeah. it. Wisp Weaver Angel takes care of that as an additional offer to the Spark Double. So pretty neat little innovation there. I'm sure it's been around for a minute and we just missed it, but. Uh, sweet include there to win the preliminary yeah. with Garuda. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. okay. One, one last deck I'm going to talk All right, I'm about. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go find Mouth Breather One. 
Uh, are you telling me, is that in real life or find it in the league? Uh, well, the mouth breather number one is me. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, so you have Elvish Mystic, Lateral Elves, two Gallagher's, four Versus Resurgence, four Nissa Voices Endicar, three Gideon Allies Endicar, four Join the Dance, yeah. four Marshall the Multitudes, two Asika's Chariot, four Wedding Announcement, four Conclude Tribute. What a sweet tokens deck. Oh, man. Wedding Announcement's been so good. And I want to say props uh, to our boy uh, Servo Token. Uh, yeah. Better known as Darren, who has been on a tear with Chainer Fireball. I've been trying to retweet a couple deck lists recently. Go show our boy some support, um, preaching mostly Pioneer budget. He does other budget decks as well, uh, but just really, really fantastic articles. I've really enjoyed reading them. And he had a point on Elves uh, this last week, I want to say, and he brought up some Gallagreeters. And Gallagreeters is just a strong card that was like, hey, this card just gets really big. Um, obviously, you know, it's only a once per turn per thing, but still, whatever you needed to do, this card does. And obviously in, in Pioneer right now, in this particular deck, you don't have quite as many, um, uh, the mana early is important because we want to pump it into March of the Multitudes, join the dance flashback. We have a lot of mana sinks, so this is obviously pretty crucial for it. He was talking about it in the terms of like pumping your elves, but Gallagreeter is a card that I've been impressed with. And yeah, really love this deck. Well, I, what's great with the, the Elves deck, and look, mm-hmm. I, I love my boys, like, because Ricky's also doing a bunch of Elves stuff now. Uh, and of course, Servo did his Elves article. I, I have low key really loved the Elves deck in Pioneer. Uh, I just like the Spirits deck and humans a lot more, right? But You're a Spirits I always player. do. Yeah. That's but I do is. think that, like, Elves is, has always been a deck I do enjoy, like, every now and then it's been like, you know what? Let's Coco in some Shaman of the Packs, right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Elvish Warchief makes Gallagreeter so good because if you have a Warchief in play, any creature, like the, um, well, I mean, I guess, you know, any creature you play with the Warchief play for the first time, Mm -hmm. right? That's going to get you two Gallagreeter triggers. Like, it's so good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get, uh, you get the best of all the worlds. Yeah. Real quick, right below it, just somebody playing Boomer Jund in Pioneer. Really? We, yeah, Boomer Jund. We have we just have Riveteer's Charm. We're not doing sack stuff. We're just on. We're playing a Seekers Chariot in our Jund deck because Fable of the Mirror Breaker is so good. Obviously, I'm expecting to see somewhere in here Bonecrush. A Seekers Chariot and Fable the Mirror Breaker just make mediocre Gruel decks good. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, um, but here's just like a fun thing you'd be doing if you if you can uh, or feel like playing Jund. I'm not sure that it's super worth it, but I know Riveteer's Charm is a good card. All the charms have proven proven their their weight in gold, but you know, mostly what you're playing in green, uh, they're playing some paradise druid to get some ramp. And then, uh, you know, mostly you're a Seekus chariot just cause that card's really, really strong and, and honestly underpriced, like a Seekus chariots, the beats and it's, it's doing hot stuff out there. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. I want to once again, thank everyone for tuning in week in week out. Thank you to the supporters of Patreon, patreon.com slash crew three MTG. Go check out some of the tiers available. Swag bags for June are finally in the mail. Uh, I will say I apologize. We didn't get a true exclusive for the Patreon done in time between the the charity stream last weekend and DreamHack prep and all that kind of stuff. We got sidetracked, but I will be uploading some uh, the audio versions of uh, the the sort of the first round of content we did at DreamHack where we got to use the big recording studio. I'll upload a copy of that, and then uh, we'll probably do a double do- a double drop of of exclusive episodes uh, for July, but the swag bags are in the mail already. So be sure to keep an eye out for those uh, in the coming week. Uh, I want to also say once again, thank you for everyone who tuned in for the trans lifeline charity stream. Uh, the 
the window for donations to enter in the giveaway are closed because I can go ahead and announce that a mall uh, won our collector booster giveaway. So round of applause for mall. And thank you to everyone else who donated. We'll be back uh, for another charity stream for Extra Life again in November uh, for game day. So start saving up your money for that. We'll do more giveaways, more uh, streaming fun and things of that nature. But our Get, donation link will be open uh, for a little while longer. So if you still can and want to give to a great cause, either donate to our link, I'll still include it below, or you can go donate to translifeline.org slash donate directly. Uh, Chris, where can the people find you on socials? You can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas. And of course, Christmas has no tea. Awesome. And of course, you can find me at Crew3Podcast, where I run our official Twitter channel. Be sure to check out playingpioneer.com for all your playing all your pioneer needs. We've also spun off Explorer. Uh, PlayingExplorer.com now is no longer a uh, sub-zone of Playing Pioneer. It has its own website right now, uh, so we're excited for that. And a lot of cool stuff will be coming to the Playing Pioneer, Playing Explorer family as we continue to grow and flourish that content avenue over there. We'll talk to you all next week. Go have some Pioneer, and good luck to anyone playing in their first RCQs this weekend. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.